Leave the dog alone because the dog didn't do a damn thing and now you're trying to feed him your body. Thou fluid. shall kill all of your hands and a dog fish a tampon out of the garbage and ain't right to bubble you, but you can pretend like you wear a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Straight Up Evil. Is that the name of our show? It is. I got nervous. I said the wrong show really quick. Welcome to Straight Up Evil. My name is Jocelyn. I'm the brunette. We've got Katie. She's the redhead. Hello. And we have Carly. She's the blonde. Hi. We are back for the conclusion of our series on Lori Vallow Daybell. If we didn't have so much to still cover, I'd be like, let's never talk about her ever again. She just puts me in such a bad mood. And just sure. like, why does she even get to like be talked about it anymore? Because she needs to be recognized as the foulness she does. that she is. Yes. And she needs to be exposed. Exactly. In all of her true colors. Mm-hmm. I see your true colors. Shining through. She needs. We don't. To, we don't have need, the rights to those. We don't that. have the rights to that song. <laughs> no right. She needs Cindy Lauper to come to her house and say, "I see you're true." Which I guess her house is jail. So, so where we left off, a lot of people. <laughs> a lot of people are dead. The kids are missing. Really quick about Tammy Daybell's death, okay? Because we didn't really touch upon it last episode. Chad's letter about her. Okay. I just need, I know it like shouldn't get more attention, but like, I just need to talk about it because like just the straight audacity. First of all, he had texted a friend or I can't, I don't know if it was a friend or a family member about her death saying that, Oh, you know, I woke up that morning. She had already been dead for a couple of hours, but she had such a peaceful look on her face. I felt her tell me she was happy and helping our family on the other side of the veil. She helped me reconnect with Lori so quickly. A lot of this new evidence was released to all of these things yeah. came out recently. But he like, says in the letter that he titled moving into the second half of my life. Ew, just ew. Like I woke around 6 a.m. It was clear she'd been gone. It came as a shock. I couldn't believe I hadn't been awakened somehow, but all indications are that her spirit simply slipped away during the night. Like it just like the way that he romanticizes it. Yeah, I'm sorry, but her spirit is not a 15 year old teenager who is going out with their <laughs> friends after curfew. Like not Slipping a thing. Out the window. Yeah, definitely not a thing. And, and we and we know that it it is possible for people to pass in their sleep. It does happen. Right. This is just a whole other level. Her face looked serene with her eyes closed and a slight smile. It was devastating to discover her that way, but I'm so grateful that her death was peaceful. And then this is where it gets real enraging. Tammy really was the anchor of our family and our publishing business. We worked side by side from the moment we were married. I never would have become an author. I never would have become an author without her faith in me and her constant encouragement. So it's all about him. She believed what I told her and trusted my decisions. Then he goes on. She had a brilliant mind, especially when it came to computers. She wore so many hats in our company from being chief financial officer to operating her websites, yada, yada. He goes on about her prowess in their business, but where is the information? Like, where is it? Like, I'm so devastated to lose the love of my life, my mother of my children. Like, where is all of that? It's sick. That's, he literally says it's... like, thankfully I have a son whose mind works like Tammy's. So we'll be able to muddle through the tasks and, and our business will be fine. Nobody cares about that. It, it is weird. It is weird to just deflect and say, we're just talking about the, the more practical things rather than just the grief of losing someone that yeah. you have five children with. Also, I feel like he's showing his cards a little bit here. Yeah. Even if he's not trying to, mm-hmm. I find it very interesting that she was in charge of their finances. I agree. Because I think that creates a possible motive because you don't know what kind of stuff 
he was doing. And we'll probably find out right. hopefully in court proceedings. But right. I just find that really interesting that he mentions that. And you're like, why are you even like, why are you even talking about that? But I think that create, I think she may have, she may have been getting on to something about, you know, where's the money going or where are you getting this whatever from, or what's this all of a sudden, just this influx of cash, like from mm-hmm. wherever, you know, mm-hmm. it's not clean in the milk. We also have to go back to this whole natural causes thing, because how does this keep reoccurring too? like what the actual fudge beneath? How is this a theme? But yet it keeps it just keeps happening. These people are simultaneously the luckiest and unluckiest people of all. You know what I mean? In the meantime, like we've said a little bit last episode, JJ and Tylee have not been seen for quite some time. JJ was last seen over like a FaceTime with his grandmother. That was last time that she ever had any contact with him. So anyone in the family other than Lori and Tylee was last seen on September 8th at Yellowstone National Park. Like we said, she was seen in the photo with JJ, Lori and Uncle Alex. However, a friend of hers would receive a text from her phone number about a month later. So like October, around October 25th that said, hi, miss you guys too. Love ya. But the friend definitely didn't think that it was Tylee sending the text, which we've seen. That's not the person on the other end. No. People know it. So the friend said like she would spell out her words for the most part. And like the way that this was typed was not that way. And like she would have kept texting back and forth with the friend, like if she had reached out and she didn't, like that was the only part. So it was just- Carrie Farver too. Yes. Mm -hmm. So JJ is actually last seen at school, September 23rd, a little bit after Tylee was last seen, not by her, you know, his family, his family hadn't seen him anymore, but the school, he had been going there for about three weeks before Lori disenrolled him or unenrolled him claiming she was going to homeschool instead, which we know didn't happen. So at the end of October, around October 31st, November 1st, like just like a weird little side note, Alex Cox, Lori's brother and Melanie, Lori's niece are seen packing up stuff in Chandler, Arizona, before they're planning to drive to Rexburg, Idaho. And they are seen discarding many children's items on the curb. So November 4th, Alex and Melanie arrive in Rexburg. And the next day, Lori and Chad just prove that they are the fucking worst. Yeah, so only two weeks, a little more than two weeks after Tammy had died, Lori and Chad are on the island of Hawaii and they're staying at the lovely Kauai Beach Resort from November 3rd through the 6th. And on the 5th of November, while staying in this resort, they're seen like, they're spotted enjoying nice dinners and having a grand old time and smiling and laughing at this beautiful resort. And on the 5th, they are in a wedding ceremony getting married. Two weeks. The two of them. Yep. Two weeks and like a few days. So of course they were like photographed and filmed too, because you know, now people all over the world, all over the country at this point are starting to have suspicions. It's been on the news of all over everywhere. People are wondering like where these kids are. I was wondering, we were all wondering where the kids were. Like it was, how stupid can they be too, just to be like right on the beach of Hawaii and just like. But also like, don't forget, like I know Chad Daybell's kids are all grown. He's not home with grieving with his children. Like what, a you know what I mean? No like grief. they're not together. They're just, oh, I'm going to go to Hawaii. No now. grief at all. It, it gives me serial killer vibes. Like it yeah. gives me, it gives me Ted Bundy vibes, like where there's no remorse for any of okay. your actions. And then exactly like we said earlier, like you can just totally disassociate it. Also not, not cheap. Like <laughs> also not bad. cheap mm-hmm. to go to Hawaii and have a no. beach ceremony and to stay in Hawaii and to at a resort. Like people's People spend years like saving up to go to Hawaii. Yeah. You know, and so they uh, to the nines too. Like they both are in all white and they look really like dressed, dressed up. You can tell they have expensive, nice jewelry on and like well, they sure. have their $35.99 wedding ring. Now they leave and obviously they go back to Rexford or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rexburg, I mean. So December 1st of 2019 is when they flew back mm-hmm. from Rexburg. So there's this little period of time where they were back there for mm-hmm. Thanksgiving or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is just also a little fishy to me too, because it just makes me feel like what went on during that time. So yeah, and they were totally trying to be incognito while they're in Hawaii, like wearing hats and dark colors and like trying to disguise themselves. Yeah. (laughs) Dateline found them like no problem. Exactly. They they didn't They're like, hey, Lori, what are you doing? (laughs) Where are your kids? Apparently they had heard 
the rumors of Tammy's body being exhumed. Like a friend had told them that. Apparently Chad and Lori like didn't believe it and they like didn't think that it was real. And the investigators used that to their advantage in a way because they almost had them convinced kind of that they hadn't exhumed her body. But meanwhile, they had, which is pretty interesting too. It is like, it's not easy and not a light decision that they make to exhume a body like you really have to have a lot of evidence and like really jump through hoops I feel to get the okay to do such a thing so obviously that natural causes bullshit that they first said we knew obviously was not true but like they had to substantiate the claim that they also felt that that was not the case here they are getting married on this island and all this family these family members are just worrying about where these freaking kids are backing up to like november 26th okay yes yes. pd they're trying to conduct a welfare check on jj right because his grandparents have said like we don't know we have not heard from them we don't know where he is and Lori tells the pd the police department that jj is with relatives or a friend in Arizona. Okay. Cause some people say she said relatives and some people say she said a friend, which we'll get into a little bit later again. And then they say Tylee is at Brigham Young University in Idaho, which is hilarious because that's where Lori had originally wanted to go back in the day and then didn't. This is huge. This right? is a huge, like that's yeah, this is very really, really is. Lori would then call her friend Melanie to try to convince her to say that JJ is there with her in Arizona because that's the alibi she gave to the police department. The police. Yeah. And this is not Melanie, who is her niece, who was seen with Alex no, dropping the stuff on the curb. This is correct. her friend. Her okay. bestie. This is correct. the one that she, when she met Chad or whatever, Melanie was there. Yes. So okay. this is Melanie, yes. i.e., Melanie Gibb. And you guys you can call her Melanie Gibb from now on. You couldn't watch the interview with her right did oh you, yeah did and you watched it all the way through right mm-hmm. how do you, do you believe right. her do you believe her i worry I about believe, melanie i Gibbs. believe her uh, i believe her the fully? first time i watched it yes so listen okay, okay the first time i watched it well we'll do it at theories at the end obviously okay. yeah, the yeah. first time i listened to it i didn't believe it i watched it again all the way from beginning to end mm-hmm. i just think that she's like I think that some little pieces are really crucial and that she knows them. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like it's only something that her and one other person would know. And it just seems, I don't know, parts of me, I guess I'm torn, but I just, I, I believe her. I think I really believe her. I don't think she's outright lying about anything. I think she's withholding information. That's really what it is. Lying by omission. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. But I think everything she said is probably true. Yeah, because the cops are like, yo, is the is the kid there? And she's like, no, dude. And I have I have no idea what that is. Exactly. Like. And to her credit, which is more than you can say for Chad guy and Alex and whoever else, <laughs> as soon as the kids are missing, <laughs> Melanie's done. Melanie's mm-hmm. like, nope, yep. not, mm-hmm. not, not like, this is not, not right. playing with that. She Whatever's going on. Flags. Yes. She saw all the red flags. She did to her credit and she completely cooperated. So she calls Melanie Gibb. Lori does. Tries to convince her, but either way, law enforcement finds out that JJ is not actually in Arizona. They don't know where he is, but they know he's not there. So the next day, the police arrive at Lori's empty home. Earlier, Chad and Lori had been seen packing in the home, but they end up abandoning everything in Rexburg, essentially for a while, including everything in Lori's storage unit that was so important to her that she kept having to go back and forth to and Alex, don't forget. And like we said, they disappear until they're found in Kauai in late January. So how can you not work, pay your mortgage? It's so, I, I cannot not only that, wait not only to that, see the, these bank records. Like, I know. Exactly. Where is this money coming from? And not only that, the back and forth. Binnies, there's something going on here, Binnies. Yes. Yeah. Yes, there is. Binny, there is a bigger thing going on here. But I, so November 29th, this is not like super relevant, but has to be said, Alex Cox gets married really quick to a woman named Zulima Past. Pastines, Pastienes. I'm not really exactly sure how to pronounce it. Um, and he ends up changing his last name to her last name. And also the following day, November 30th, Lori's niece, Melanie, who is very newly divorced, also gets married to a man named Ian Pawlowski, who is also newly divorced. And both couples get married in Las Vegas. In the meantime, police are still looking for JJ and Tylee. Okay. And the search goes officially public in December, 2019. And they also 
the police believe that Tammy's death is connected to the kid. And like we said, December 11th, Tammy's body is exhumed and her death is officially ruled as suspicious. The next day, Alex Cox, now Alex Pestines or whatever, is now found dead in Arizona. The cause of death is a blood clot, which is fine. But that to me is extremely interesting timing. This is number four. Did he know too much, ladies and gentlemen? This is victim number four in this story. Now the blood clot thing, you can't fake a blood clot. No. Like the medical examiner sees a blood clot and says that's a yeah, cause that's of something, death. Yeah, that's something costly. Yes. So by December 30th, Rexburg PD have told the public that Chad and Lori are not cooperating in the search for the children and that they also have information indicating that Lori knows either the location of the children or what has happened to them. So January 3rd of 2020, the Fremont County Sheriff's Office, the Rexburg Police Department, and the FBI serve a search warrant at Chad Dable's house. 43 items are removed, including computers, cell phones, journals, documents, and medications. So JJ's grandparents have announced a $20,000 reward for information to help find the children. Chad's brother would also publicly plead with him to cooperate with the investigation, and they're still just not helping. January 25th, Chad and Lori are tracked down to Kauai. Local authorities have served an order from the Madison County Prosecutor's Office that requires Lori to physically produce Tylee and JJ to the Idaho Department of Welfare in Rexburg, Idaho, or to the Rexburg police within five days of being served the order. Let's fast forward five days from then, January 30th. Shocker of all, Lori misses the 5 p.m. deadline to produce JJ and Tylee. No. The following month, February 20th, Lori is arrested officially and charged with two felony counts of desertion and non-support of dependent children, along with misdemeanor charges of resisting and obstructing an officer solicitation of a crime and contempt. And she's held on a $5 million bond pending extradition to Idaho. At this point, we still don't even know where the kids are, but either way, because she has not produced them physically, it's essentially desertion and non-support because they're still dependents. So like, where are these kids? Either way, you've completely neglected them and just written them off in some way. The following day, Lori tells a judge that she wants to fight the extradition order to Idaho. And she actually waives her extradition four days later when her request to have her bail lowered is denied. So she's make all already right off the bat. She's making requests. She's fighting everything. She is eventually extradited to Rexburg on March 5th. And her bail is lowered to $1 million, which is the judge's it was the judge's decision. It wasn't due to her request. Lori remains in jail because many local bond companies refused to assist her. Wasn't going to be an option for her. They just outright refused oh, yeah. to give her any help. <laughs> and didn't um, a couple of her lawyers bailed too, didn't they? Well, first the judge, Judge Farron Eddins, he was removed after a request from her and her legal team. Because in Idaho, defendants are allowed to disqualify a judge without reason, without cause, just because. That's fascinating. And Michelle Mallard replaces Judge Eddins. June 9th, Chad Daybell is arrested and charged with two counts of destruction, alteration, or concealment of evidence after police execute a search warrant on his property. What did they find there, Quinnies? Two sets of human remains found buried on the property. Let's first talk about the phone call that was made between Lori and Chad that day. I had the whole thing. I'm not gonna read the whole thing, but Lori's like, hi, babe. Chad's like, hello and she's like are you okay because like already she knows like because there's been helicopters the media is all over the place knowing that the police are searching the Dables property yeah this is a big deal everybody knows so she's like are you okay and he's like well they're searching the fucking property and he's like yeah for more evidence and so the our lawyer mark means will be talking to you and she's just like trying to find out exactly what they're searching and what they're going to find so she's like are they in the house no they're out on the property are they seizing stuff again chad says they're searching or he just goes hmm because <laughs> she knows they're now in deep shit yeah they're found out now even more deep shit than they already were in. So she's basically at the end of the call is like, so Chad's like, so we'll see what transpires. And so Lori's like, what do you want me to do? And Chad's like, what? She's like, pray. Do you want me to pray? And he's like, yeah, okay. Pray <laughs> whatever. And he says, I'm feeling pretty calm. And she's like, okay, I love you. Should I try to call you later? He's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. You can try. I'll answer if I can. Cause he knows he's going to be fucking done for. Yeah, he's done. And they're both like, I love you. Bye, babe. I love you, baby. Bye. I love you. Bye. Like, can we just. You hang up. No, you exactly. hang up. No, exactly. you hang up. It's so <laughs> sickening. And even just her voice on that call is yeah. so. Enraging. Hi. Hi, babe. 
Are you would think that she's calling from the spa. Exactly. Her voice. hundred percent. Yeah, her voice. 100%. Yeah. I can't with her voice. It's literally, bad. it's it's, so it's bad. bad. So what happened when the police searched the property? Okay, this is a trigger warning. If you don't want to hear the gory details, fast forward. The police would be digging near the fire pit. They were pulling up some sod and topsoil, and then they come across three large flat white rocks. Beneath the rocks were thin pieces of wood paneling. Below that was a layer of black plastic. A crime scene investigator cut a hole in that plastic, and beneath the black plastic was some white plastic, like a plastic bag. So it's just like layers and layers and layers and layers of things. They would then cut through that white plastic, and what they found seemed to be brown human hair. So upon further investigation, it appeared to be a small body tightly wrapped in black plastic and covered in duct tape. This would later be confirmed as the remains of J.J. Vallow. In the meantime, a second team is investigating and searching a different part of the of the yard and what they what was used by the Daybells as the pet cemetery. So they dug up a cat and a dog, and then they found a melted bucket. Underneath the melted bucket was a partial human skull, which would later turn out to be Tylee Ryan. So it's unknown exactly what happened to Tylee due to the conditions of her remains. They were in such bad shape. We really don't know exactly what happened, but they do know for sure that her body was dismembered and burned. Burned badly, yeah. Just think about that. Like to me, both of them are so heinous, such heinous, heinous, tragic, terrible things happened to these kids. But the difference of how the remains were handled is really telling to me I it's, feel. yeah absolutely. absolutely so the following day june 10th the families of jj and tylee confirm that the remains found on the property belong to the missing children chad appears in court and his bail is set at one million dollars so once the bodies were found investigators looking into exactly what had happened to them and again they look into everyone involved like close and the um extended family and friends or whatever. And this is what they believe to have happened. So like we know that Tylee was last seen at the Yellowstone National Park in that picture. She likely spent her last day of life there with Lori, JJ, and Uncle Alex. And investigators were able to piece together what had happened after the photo was taken thanks to Alex Cox because his cell phone left a digital map. It always all goes back to Alex. 6.45 p.m. that evening, they left Yellowstone and they drove back to the apartment complex in Rexburg. That night, we know Alex was in his own apartment and police tracked his cell phone to Lori's apartment at 2.45 a.m. on September 9th. He's there for a couple of hours. Then he goes back to his apartment. Then after like nine in the morning, his cell phone appears in Chad Daybell's backyard. Now, what reason would he ever have had to go there besides the obvious? And to go to Lori's apartment at 2.45 in the morning, that's also weird. He was at the Daybell's property for over two hours that morning. And about 11.53 a.m. after he left the backyard, Chad Dable wrote a text to his then alive wife, Tammy, who wasn't home explaining why there was a new grave in the pet cemetery. That message reads in part, well, I've had an interesting morning. I spotted a big raccoon along the fence. I hurried and got my gun. One shot did the trick. He is now in our pet cemetery. Fun times. Okay. So he's the type of guy who says fun times. Exactly. First of all. Great. First first of all. all. Kills a harmless raccoon for no reason. Um, Oh, but secondly, yeah, no, it's just, um, there's like a little bit of mustache twirling going on. Like what, what is that excuse? Like, what is that even, what do you mean, Chad? Like, why would you ever even bring that up to somebody? So what exactly happened to JJ? According to Melanie Gibb again, here we go. Sometime between 9 p.m. and midnight on September 22nd, they were in the kitchen doing a religious podcast when Alex Cox appeared. He had brought JJ into the house during the middle of the podcast, carrying him while he was asleep. We would put JJ to bed in Lori's room. But JJ was nowhere to be found the next morning. And this is how Lori explained. She said that he was being a zombie and climbed up on the cabinets, climbed up on top of the fridge, smashed her picture of Christ and then climbed up onto the upper cabinets and got between the top of the cabinet and the ceiling. She just said he was out of control. So she had Alex come and get him. Are you trying to say you're, that your son, your seven-year-old son was like climbing up on the cabinets like a cat? So that's why he's not there in the morning? It doesn't make any sense. Makes no sense. I shot a raccoon in the backyard. Like, oh yeah. Well, according to, yeah. Well, always according to Lori, he was like a completely outlandish kid and like so troubled and blah, blah, blah. And all these things. And, and then there's so many 
witness accounts and family accounts that say he was just a normal kid. It so sounds like he's trying to get your attention, Lori. Right. Maybe if that it happens like, but do you know what I mean? Like yeah. just being able to describe a scenario like that, that just sounds like someone who's trying to get you to pay attention to them. Cause he doesn't have his dad anymore. Hello. He doesn't have his dog anymore. This is like, it's like what I just get constantly over and over again is like, it's just like that the two of them just like slowly like losing their actual perceptions like of reality. Like uh, they're just digging themselves deeper and deeper yeah. into this. Like I see what of- you're saying and I, I get where you're coming from. I just, I feel like it's them just being more and more overly confident and full like of it. self self-involved exactly yeah. exactly so police would learn what happened to jj once again by following alex's cell phone at 9 55 a.m on september 23rd alex returned to jed daybell's backyard but this time he was only there for 17 minutes somehow in that 17 minutes there was a, an entire grave dug and filled in like someone must have helped him I mean, Chad Dable was a grave digger. That's right. That's something right there. That's literally crucial right there. Literally. Like we said, JJ had duct tape continuously wrapped from elbow all the way around his arms, over his hands, all the way to his right elbow. Like he was completely, completely duct taped immobile. They were like, why would you bind someone's feet and hands and mouth and duct tape? Like you do that to keep them from yelling or talking and moving around, like yelling for anybody. And some people think that the way that they found JJ's body is that they think that he might've actually technically been alive at that point because like why would you wrap his body up and duct tape that much if he was already dead it's terrible it's just terrible terrible to even think about it's so bad it's just so bad so like we mentioned earlier Lori tells law enforcement that jj is in arizona with their friend melanie when police immediately try to get a hold of melanie to corroborate this Lori goes on to say oh well i think they were gonna go see frozen 2 today so they like they might be at the movies right now so you might not be able to talk to her about it can you tell her like we're trying to get a hold of her at some point and like call us back as soon as possible and Lori's like okay yeah sure but I think they're at the movies right now so like it won't be now it'll be later because they're probably at the movies for a while but like yeah I'll sure I'll do that this is a total slick customer that you're talking to it's here right unreal now. she is completely manipulating that yeah. those investigators entirely yeah, 100%. it's been in a total yarn with them So she will then call Melanie to tell her to back up that Frozen 2 story, okay? Melanie Gibbs says, she told the police that I had JJ, that I was on a movie called Frozen, and that she had asked me to pick up my phone and take a picture, a random picture of children running around to make it look like JJ was there. Like that's going above and beyond. Like, oh, oh can you just tell them that he was with me? But like, also take a picture and say you were there and like prove the fuck. Yeah, I can't. But Lori tells Melanie she's actually hiding JJ. She's like, tell the police that you have him. But really, I'm hiding JJ because his grandmother, Kay, is a threat. She's trying to kidnap JJ. And this could also be something to do with an alleged email that came from Kay Woodcock's email address to someone. I don't know who the recipient is. Stating that Lori and Alex were involved in meth trafficking. We don't have any evidence to support this for sure, but we don't know if she actually read that email or Lori is saying that there was an email that oh because Lori's all up in the email last episode she's making up false shit 24 7 in the email Yep. So did she plant the email about the meth trafficking from hers to make Kay look like she was bad math you know it's just the web just the spinning of the tails and the web of lies it's just ridiculous but that's what she tells Melanie that that's why she's hiding JJ but Melanie like we said is not okay with any of this she's not into it she's very shook she has a bad feeling in her stomach and she would record secretly a call that she gets from Chad 12 days later yeah she knew something wasn't right when she said that she was hiding um when she said she was hiding him JJ and Lori would be on that call too or like we said on the call later Chad starts it off with, hello, sweet Melanie. I'm sorry, but it, like I'm, if your husband I'm called sorry. me and was like, hello, sweet Jocelyn, I would be like, who are you and what have you done with Mike? Like, like you know what, what I happened? mean? Like how exactly. creep status is that? <laughs> exactly. I would be like, they would be like, hi, sweet Katie. And I'd be like, click. <laughs> so she tapes the phone conversation and you can hear it go from like, okay, everything's good to, okay, actually we got a problem. Melanie asks, is JJ safe? And Lori says he is safe and happy. Melanie's like, I'm just worried for you guys. You know, he's missing. There's a lot going on. 
Lori says, I know exactly where he is. He's perfectly fine. But Melanie like pushes in. She's like, I'm really worried about everything. And Lori goes, I don't know why you're being controversial to me. Or if you're recording this conversation for the police or whatever. I don't know what your intention is on this phone call, but I love you with all my heart. I have forever and I will always love you. Melanie goes, I appreciate those words, but if you really love me, you wouldn't have told the police that I had JJ with me. It's like, that's not what a friend does. And it's true. And that's the truth. And that is the freaking like mic drop right there. Like Like if if one of you called me and said, I want you to lie to the police for me. Like that's just like, there's there is a finite no. amount of circumstances where that would even be like exactly. a conversation that we have. If you called me, yeah. if yeah, you yeah. called me and you were like, "Benny, I need you to tell my friend that I am in Tennessee." Right. You'd be like, "All right, I could probably do that." Yeah, but that's but, but being that's like, fine. "Lie to the cops that you have my kids, but, but nobody like, knows right. where my kids are." Or mm-hmm. put, or your own family, like saying, "Oh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna say you have my kid, but then I'm gonna like lie about it." But yeah, no, that's that is that you're you're outright being deceitful to your friend. I'd be like, Quinny, okay, are you are you safe? I'm not gonna lie to the police for you, but like, do you need help in another way? Also, can't like, get you me to do only it. have to tell me that you love me one time. Yeah, it so... seems that this is a thing with Lori. Yeah. Okay, well, I love you. Okay, I love you. Okay, I love you. Okay, I love you. Like it's a mm-hmm. tick. It's yeah. a defensive like yeah. thing that she does to be yeah. to like soften people to her and be like, but I'm so loving. Like, Remember, I love you so much. So yeah. do all these things for me. Remember, I love you. So like we said, the remains have been found. Chad is in jail. So August 21st, Chad pleads not guilty to all four of his felony counts that we've already talked about. And his trial was scheduled to begin January 11th of 20. 2021. So backing up a little bit, July 17th of 2020, Lori Daybell's jury trial was set in Madison County for January 25th to 29th, 2021 on the three misdemeanor charges. But on August 7th, Arizona police announced that they plan to file a conspiracy to commit murder charge against Lori for the death of Charles Vallow. Hell yeah. Finally. But in the meantime, September of 2020, Lori pleads not guilty to the two felony counts of conspiracy to commit destruction, alteration, or concealment of evidence in regards to her children. And this was like a quick five minute hearing where Lori showed absolutely no, little to no emotion. It was a Zoom meeting, but still. So like we said, January 25th to the 29th of 2021, Lori's trial for the misdemeanor charges was scheduled to begin. But on March 22nd, the scheduled court date for Lori and Chad, their cases have been officially merged and their team has moved to dismiss all charges and obtain a change of venue. So this is interesting. I wonder if there's a problem for them with working with the state court, especially in Idaho. They're Mm -hmm. petitioning for a change of venue because they want, they want a different court to hear this case. And Mm -hmm. I wonder why Mm -hmm. part of me thinks that they don't want a jury to hear this, that they're hoping for a bench trial with a judge who will perhaps hold, hold the prosecution to a higher standard. So Mm -hmm. like a federal court maybe, Mm -hmm. but it's just Mm -hmm. really interesting because it seems like Idaho is not fucking around. Yeah, I agree. No, they're hardcore. No. Like they are, they're, the justice is severe. So I can see why they're trying to like move pieces around and be like, mm-hmm. no, get a different court to hear it. Like, yeah. because Idaho is ready to take them, take them down. Yeah, like and that's this why is she a, didn't this want is a to national be, embarrassment for the state. That's why she didn't want to yeah, get extradited to Idaho. She knew. <sighs> So on May 25th, Lori and Chad are charged with the murders of Tylee, JJ, and Tammy. Lori care, all Lori cares about is she wants to now only be referred to as Mrs. Lori Daybell, not Ms. Lori Vallow Daybell. Maybe I think I would like to petition the court to change her to Lori Nightbell. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what she cares about. But a couple days later... Lori is deemed incompetent and unfit to stand trial. So there's a stay in her case in Idaho. Now the judge's order says that prosecutors have objected to the finding that Lori is incompetent and that the court will schedule a hearing. So obviously the prosecution is going to object to this because it's complete bullshit. Yeah, they're wise. They're wise to her now. Exactly. They they know what this is. It's a tactic. Exactly. 100%. But somehow she is found incompetent. She's not 
insane. She's just incompetent in such a way that she cannot essentially, I was reading into it. She's incompetent enough to not be of any help to her defense mm-hmm. and not understand the legalese and like all the laws. Not that mm-hmm. she is because she's been out most... of touch of reality necessarily, but, but pretty this, much, but kind of. But this because... is like, this is an amazing move by this prosecution. Too. It is what they do with this yeah. because it's like, oh, you want to play it that way? Watch this. Special prosecutor Rob Wood, he withdrew his contest for the court's decision because originally they were contesting it, but they withdrew it so she could be committed. So the court orders her to be remanded into the custody of the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare for treatment to restore competency for trial and it will not exceed 90 days. The court finds that the defendant does lack capacity to make informed decisions about treatment and the court finds that the defendant is not dangerously mentally ill. Mm. So she'll be periodically evaluated. She'll get progress reports to see whether she's fit to proceed. So a little bit about the insanity defense, which is in which defendants can be found not guilty due to their mental state. And it is not allowed in Idaho at all. And like, I just wonder like if this had gone down in like any other state, because I don't know each, obviously each state's, you know, laws or whatever. Imagine if it was one where it was allowed, like how this all would have gone down already. If she had not bought property in Idaho, uh, this whole thing might look totally different. Exactly. She followed him there and to her, to her own detriment. I mean, she exactly. really did. So they can't, it's not allowed in Idaho. They must at least be able to understand the charges against them, follow the court proceedings, and again, assist lawyers in their own defense. So on June 29th of 2021, Lori is indicted to Arizona grand jury on conspiracy to murder her husband, Charles Vallow. And on August 5th, prosecution announces that they are seeking the death penalty for Chad. And on August 6th, a death penalty certified attorney is appointed as co-counsel for Lori's team. Because they're expecting it. Because they are expecting it for sure. So like that's where it's ending for now. Mm. But obviously things are unraveling like every day. It does make me feel better that they're not like in Kauai. Exactly. Like at least they're in jail. But where they belong. uh, Yeah, Yeah. exactly. But what do you do you think seeking the death penalty Set definitely for Chad and most likely for Lori. Do you think that's a good a good yeah. plan of attack or no? I don't ever really like it, but I for, think that they both should have it. I worry. I worry. Yeah. Death penalty cases are really hard to prove because for Anthony, a good reason. Right? Yeah, for a good reason. Um, and she has did. Lori's definitely already been tried in the media, just like Casey Anthony, just yeah. like you're saying. I don't know. I see potential in the Lori Vallow case to turn up like OJ Simpson, where yeah. they win in a civil trial. Mm-hmm. and they lose at the criminal level or mm-hmm. they don't get the punishment that they're looking for right at the criminal level but then again from our perspective there's an overwhelming amount I'm of evidence oh and it just hey. keeps coming in. it just keeps coming in too there's i think as of july there was an article of all this brand new evidence like just like thousands of pieces of messages yeah. but it is odd it's sometimes i guess sometimes they put the death penalty on the table to mm-hmm. see if that will prompt either of them to either confess yeah. or tell the story or take a plea agreement right. to spare their lives so that they can, in exchange for that information, you know? Right. So oh, yeah, you know, right. they're trying so hard to get them to turn on each other. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not convinced that they will. I'm and not by law, they're not compelled to. Right. So Correct. they can just... I'm not even others' secrets, I guess. I mean, they've been married for millennia in different universes, so why would they? <laughs> uh, we've been married 144,000 times. <laughs> so, you want to get into final thoughts, Quinnies? Yeah, go ahead. Let's talk about uh, Lori and Tylee because everybody says that Lori and Tylee had a great relationship. I don't except believe that at all. Except for the other half of the people who say that they had a terrible relationship. And Lori constantly bringing up how bright Tylee is. When Charles was shot, I listened to the audio of them, the body cam footage mm-hmm. of them in the car mm-hmm. with the police talking about how she's going to go to BYU, how she's doing all of these things. Then when Tylee's not around, she's just saying, oh, she's just at BYU because she's really, really smart. Yeah. All of this yep. stuff. And that's where Lori wanted to go, but where Lori never got to go. Mm -hmm. 
I wonder if there's like something with Chad and these past lives and Tylee maybe is like an iteration of Lori, but like a bad one. You know what I mean? Because she attaches these little qualities to her about Uh like, she's really smart. Lori's never really called smart. She's always called beautiful. She's going to BYU. Lori never got to go to BYU. It's like, she uses Tylee as this like little prop for these yeah. things. And, and it's just, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm, and then I'm, she ends up dead. And then she ends up dead. Exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, I noticed that the raccoon, the okay? raccoon, we talked about how random that is. And Tylee is the one that's found in the pet cemetery. Yes. Yes. Okay. So the raccoon, I went into this a little bit. The raccoon is off, is a distant cousin of the Coati, Cody. It's spelled C-O-A-T-I, Cody or Coati. I don't know, but they're distant cousins. And in the Mormon religion, the Coati is the snake. You can't trust it. Oh, stop it. And I know. I'm dying. So it's not, so he doesn't call her that. He right. doesn't call right, her right, a right, right. right? but they're like very similar to raccoons. So I was just kind of like, okay. Interesting. Have you seen the picture? Did you see the picture of Tylee and Lori on the beach? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. In the white or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. That picture is so strange to me. And she gives me like evil reptilian snake vibes, Benny. Benny, it's so weird that you said that. If you look at this picture more in depth, she's like, holding Tylee like tight to her mm-hmm. like almost oh. like as as though she's like she's forcing it oh she's pulling her to her and Tylee has a smile on her face but she looks so if you look at it she looks like you can see the pain and the struggle yeah. in her eyes well if you look at her smile there versus the smile that she has like with any picture of Jade with her and JJ totally different totally different. completely different 100% even the one in Yellowstone like with her and JJ cuz JJ Alex she's affair. smiling from her soul man they were buddies and the whole light versus dark thing that they have going on people who are light spirits who are light and spirits who are dark that Chad's talking about I find it really interesting that they found the remains wrapped in that white plastic black plastic white plastic white yep. rocks it's yep. like very specific like ritualistic almost like yeah. burial and it the is. fact that they're on chad's property suggests to me that like honestly and this is a terrible thing to say they live in a part of the country where it would be very easy to conceal remains mm-hmm. but they keep them on chad's property which suggests to me that they like buried them and like said a few words and like, Oh, okay. and like they kept up at least for JJ. Yeah. They kept yeah, 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 a, yeah. a a place that was like that Lori could potentially, I don't know, know where they were. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't even know if she knew Tyler's remains were back at that property, but she def I think she definitely knew JJ was there. Okay. There are a lot of twisted elements. I think that yeah. come into play. I did want to bring up that I read that the last time we see Tylee is September of 2019, right? Mm-hmm. Lori switched. Lori was collecting social security. Julie Grainwalker, ladies and gentlemen, oh, we're going right back to go. that territory. Okay. Yep. She was collecting social security benefits for JJ and Tylee. And I don't know why she was collecting for Tylee. Yeah. Why for Tylee? Yeah. And guess what? Chad Daybell was collecting money from Tammy's death. Binnie's. So, so, okay. So we're uh, these people. So uh, this whole time I'm going, why, how can they go to Hawaii? Oh, because they're collecting, they're collecting benefits. All of it, all of it, Binnie's. But so the last time we see Tylee is September of 2019. Mm-hmm. And that social security, because Tylee was of age, her, that money was going directly to her in her checking account. Right. Lori changed the benefits disbursement from Tylee's account to her own in August of 2019, before Tylee goes missing. And then after that, all the way through March for the next four months for JJ, five months for Tylee, she collected a thousand bucks per kid per month the whole that whole time that they were gone wow i just feel like that's important 
to mention Very. here because there's a money there's a there's just there's a money motive going on here like there's do you think that's the only motive no i understand what katie's saying about Lori not being in touch with reality it's not mm-hmm. a defense like mm-hmm. she needs like, to go to court yeah but like she is she's it's not just money like money is part of it mm-hmm. but she is clearly wrapped up in some in some idea of what her life is supposed to be and it doesn't include her kids I really, really want to, I really, really, really yeah. want to explain something right now. And I want to be very careful about the way that I say it. I went to high school with a, with a Mormon family, lovely, a lovely family, great, great family, just a, just a great down to earth family, bunch of kids went to this little Mormon church. They somehow managed in a very short period of time to actually convince me to take the first couple of what the Mormons call discussions, which is where two mm-hmm. missionaries come to your house and basically tell you about the story of everything. I agreed to do this in a very short period of time. The point that I'm trying to make here, when you, when someone can convince you to believe something, the more time that you go on believing it, it's not, it's not just the Mormons either. I'm just using that as a personal example from Mm -hmm. my, from my personal experience. This is, this occurs with a lot of religions and it's, it also can happen in other things too, like cults and and even and and extreme beliefs and of any kind exactly 100 it is a mind fuck in a sense it is you are becoming you believe those things and you feel them and you know you eventually know them to be true and if you spend every day believing that same thing eventually you're going to start to see no other thing but that if you become an activist or something and become that way, you're going to be nothing but the advocate and the activist for that. So it's like, it's almost obsessive in a way. Sure. Yeah. I'll agree with totally, that. Totally, sure. Quinny. Uh, Zulema, where's Zulema? I, exactly. I want to talk to Zulema. Desperately want to talk to the woman who married Alex Cox 24 hours before he died. Yep. Desperately yeah. want to talk to her. Desperately. Also find it super interesting that if he's a Mormon, which I guess he maybe is right. I'm assuming because he he grew up with Lori and they were Mormon. And according to his son, according to Alex's son, Alex's son says that he asked his dad about it and his dad said he believes it. So according to the Mormon, I find it incredibly interesting and forward thinking that he would take his wife's last name. Yeah. Yeah, probably to, I don't know, get away from the things that he's done under the name that he already has some space, maybe a little, um, or maybe just, I don't know, run. Yeah. Maybe just run. And maybe he just never got to run. I thought that this story was really horrible. And I thought like, it's obviously extremely upsetting. The subject matter is terrible, but that little detail you have Carly about the family having to confirm that those are indeed the remains of the kids. And the fact that that grandmother and grandfather had to make the identification like that alone, outside of the crime, outside of everything else, like Mm -hmm. that alone is, is the worst thing ever. Like how, how dare you, like how dare you deprive them of them for that amount of time and make them wait. And then you don't have to identify them, Lori. You don't have to identify them, Chad, because you're incarcerated, but you're making these poor people have to look at that. Like Mm -hmm. it's just the people who've been begging you for them begging forever. Yep. Begging. And granted, you know? they weren't Tylee's grandparents. You know no, what I mean? But, but they, they, no. they had, the relationship had the relationship with her. And exactly. there were a lot of people that were not related to those kids that were extremely attached Love to Love them. them, exactly. Those kids had big lives outside of Lori. Yeah. And in fact, they probably even had more fulfilling lives, quite frankly, in a lot of ways from the people outside of that close family. Totally. And I also feel for the detectives too, and they always have to go oh tell the person. God. That's yeah. always also yeah. awful. Like and like I said, Colby. Yeah, poor Colby. Colby hymns. I know. Like, if not them, who, Quinnies? 
And if Al, if it, if it's Alex Cox, that just like we all think that he's completely complicit and involved and probably committed the act, mm-hmm. what possible motive would he have to kill his niece and nephew? Yo, he's just the middleman, dude. He doesn't. I'm telling you right now, he's the middleman. I read something, and this is not remotely substantiated at all. I read something that there. People, some people out there believe that possibly Lori and Alex's relationship was above and beyond that of a normal brother sister. Oh wow. Whether that is yeah, what's the word on both of their sides, or if it was just Alex, you know what I mean? If it was just Alex's issue and not Lori, you know what I mean? Either way. I think there's also some sexual abuse that's tied into a lot Uh, of this too. There's gotta be abuse in the in the childhood home in some form. There has to be. 100 percent And then also that occurs a lot too in these really serious religions too the sexual abuse this these things go on um mm-hmm. uh, behind closed doors and it seems like people, people don't want to talk about say it. that they don't have any sexual impulses have all the hundred percent while the kids are missing and like the grandkids are missing and Lori is whatever doing whatever Lori's father is just like here's my book on how the irs sucks like what they really thought that they could get out. They thought they were going to get away with this. But like, it just is. because they think the kids have zombie souls, like what the fuck? And that's not being a Mormon. Yeah. This is extreme. Exactly. This is so no, far outside 100%. the realm. And yeah. even Melanie, what? who is obviously a Mormon, a Mormon. said like this yeah. was way not yeah. what we do exactly. or believe. This is not or what we believe. Absolutely exactly. not. And, and also, wanna, you don't have yeah. to pay tithing if you start your own cult. <laughs> so I guess you can just keep that money if right. you own the religion now. 100%. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, then, so like they're, they're actively like that's that's really important to point out, Quinny. I'm glad you said that. Like they're actively trying to branch out away from traditional Mormon belief. Like we mm-hmm. can't call Chad and Lori Mormons really. Because no. that's not really what they practice. No, like it's maybe at one time, but they branched out into something yeah. way more extreme extension. Exactly. Yeah. And they're just taking everybody's money. It seems that's what they're trying to do. They're just trying to create yeah. a freaking, they're trying to create an extension of Mormonism that's outrageous. And they're trying to take everybody's money in the process and kill people. Lori is named incompetent, right? But Chad isn't. Mm -hmm. And Chad, Chad Guy Daybell, for a long, long time, has been hearing voices and looking through the veil to heaven and to God for a long time. And this isn't concerning concerning anybody chad probably knows that he's lying right he probably knows sure. that he's making this stuff up right yes seeing, like, Binnies. Better. right yes sure. Binnies. it's but... the guy Binnies. it's the guy that poisoned all the people that convinced all the people yeah, to drink Jim the Jones. shit yeah, 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 yeah. which yeah. means you gotta do that he case. at the end started to be- uh, obviously believe his own bullshit right 100 but, but especially in the beginning he knew he was lying and he was he was yes. using it to manipulate well yes. not in the beginning i mean in the beginning he was a good guy that's a sad story it is um but but he i think chad knew he the difference between chad and Lori is that i think what katie keeps bringing up is Lori has lost touch mm. with whether or not she's she doesn't know the difference between the truth and fiction coming out of her mouth anymore mm. mm-hmm. chad is acting is lying for for convenience and support and validation yeah Lori, he knows exactly what he's sure, sure, sure. Lori doesn't have it's gone She's right. blurred the line so hard. I mean, she's right. blurred the line mm-hmm. so hard that her children were killed. Yeah. You know, I mean, Chad, just say what you Chad, want. Like, Chad's kids are, not kids are alive. Exactly. Exactly. Tammy. Poor Tammy. Yeah, poor so Tammy. weird that he goes out of the way to call her his CFO. I know. But that, and he goes, but don't worry about us. We'll be fine because we have a son who has a mind like Tammy and he will work out the business. It'll it's be, all yeah, everyone. So no, you guys. So, you okay. know, no, no need to look at our books. No We're need good. to go back into our financial records. We don't need it's anyone, all... any outside eyes to look at this because it's all set. Yep. It's all fine. Yeah, like, it's no. all an act. It's all just an act. 
it's infuriating. It's so <laughs> it really enraging. Is. It really is blood boiling. What's the lesson, Quinice? What's oh, the lesson God. here? What, pe- what advice can we give our audience? If your friend wants you to lie to the police, Don't. something ain't clean in the milk. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. If someone is having very extreme beliefs and is losing touch, alert somebody maybe just in case. Intervention. If, especially if there's children involved in any capacity whatsoever. Okay. Yeah. Love you. Okay. Love, love you. you. Bye. Bye. Listen to Straight Up Evil.